That's never happened before. Well, what do you mean? They gave me the option to leave the meeting. No, <laughs> I, no, I had like a, ah, out of here. a woman's voice just popped in and said, recording in progress. I've yeah. never heard. That's never, that has never happened before. It's because wow. your laptop's from 2018. My, 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 my $3,200 laptop from 1998 is just <laughs> bullshit. Well, we might as well get started. This is the Belligerent Beeves podcast, a podcast about Oregon State sports about friendship, about beer, and uh, a podcast that's having a very confusing Memorial Day. Uh, that can't, <laughs> we can't get our, our time right, our time zones right, but we are here, damn it, and uh, we are all in attendance. We have Benjamin Weehage here from Tacoma, Washington. Tacoma Ben, a nickname that will not catch on, but one that Please I like. Don't. Rocking a <laughs> silky, smooth, green and yellow Seattle Supersonics jersey, number 20 for the love benny how are you happy memorial day man happy memorial day uh just glad to know that i was not the only one that had the scheduling uh air on my end yes as the uh i'd say the the procurer of content for this podcast it is my responsibility to send out the timing and zoom links and being the lone central time resident i fucked up and wrote central time instead of pacific time and all of us interpreted it differently <laughs> and <laughs> benny and i were about to take a nap when uh the man i'll introduce right now who saved us with a text to the belligerent beeves group chat that we had a recording on the docket that is a uh, jp bertram from portland oregon who just left a memorial day barbecue two hours earlier than he needed to <laughs> to record this podcast jp how are you <laughs> Oh, don't pretend like you don't like the irony of where I left from, but I'm good. I'm pretty good. Would you care to describe said irony? I, I don't think it's very ironic. I, th I think it's lovely. Yeah, we were at your ex-girlfriend's house, your college girlfriend's house. Uh, yeah, yeah, barbecuing, and I'd say, I'd, I'd, I'd say you're at my you were at my friend Stephanie's house, but you can put whatever label on it you want to. <laughs> okay, it's <laughs> it's ironic because all the stories we tell on this podcast happen to coincide with when you were dating this particular person. Yeah, exactly. That's not true. Okay, I would say mo more than fifty percent. No, we spent over an hour on the 2008 USC game, and I was single as can be <laughs> a, a young bachelor reporter for the daily barometer in Corvallis, Oregon, AKA the Paris of the Pacific Northwest, the town that this podcast is dedicated to other than uh, all of this that's going on. Are you guys having a, a good holiday weekend? No, I know you aren't Benny. How about you? Mine's going pretty good. It's uh, been very relaxing over here. We'll we'll get into uh to why JP's had a rough weekend briefly, but uh, Benny, would you care to tell the story you told us before we were recording of why you are particularly tired and needed to take a nap um, and didn't, didn't get much sleep last night? Yeah. Before I'm, you get uh, into it, listener, there's nothing cool about why Benny wasn't at an all night rager or some road trip. <laughs> No, it's almost the opposite of that. I would, I would argue. I uh, had been meaning to go. Uh, so I'm going to Las Vegas next weekend. I've been meaning to go to the gym, which I've not done since COVID started for the last eight weeks. And I just started going last week. So I was trying to catch up and, uh, and ended up getting one of those uh, weighted vests. 
which uh, I was wearing around the house all day yesterday, which completely overexhausted my body. Uh, I ended up getting the worst sleep I've ever gotten last night. I, it was like restless leg syndrome for the entire body. So as Terry alluded to, I was about to take a nap right before we jumped on this podcast. You probably look like a grown adult in a life vest walking around on the <laughs> land. <laughs> and it's not going to do anything at all for next weekend is, is the worst part. The dad on the beach trip who just never takes the life jacket <laughs> yeah. off. <laughs> yeah. He's at the Italian shaved ice stand in his bright orange life jacket. So that's... far away from any water. <laughs> so how, how many pounds does this vest weigh? It weighs 16 pounds. So it, it doesn't feel heavy at first, but I mean, I was doing like yard work and uh, did some laundry yesterday. So like as I'm walking up and down the stairs after a couple hours, it was really heavy. <laughs> like, and I could feel it in my back for sure. Did you think this was actually going to show results in a week? <laughs> I was desperate. <laughs> yeah, I, so but no. <laughs> just so the, the listener who's trying to follow along here, you, <laughs> you haven't been to the gym in months, but you want right. to look hot for Vegas. That's right. Which is in six days from yesterday. So your solution was to add a 16 pound weight (laughs) to your upper body. I didn't know how it was going to morph my body, but I was, I was willing to take the risk. (laughs) Well, I think you look great. Thank you. It's definitely worked. While this is an audio medium, we can confirm to the listener (laughs) that uh, Benny's hair is now long enough to put into a man bun. And while I didn't have the best facial reaction (laughs) when you announced (laughs) this, that that you pointed out, uh, I'm all in favor of you rocking a man bun in Vegas when it's uh, 105 degrees there next weekend. So we'll we'll post the best picks on the belligerent beeves social media channels. There you go. And I would argue that your facial expression was the best possible facial expression. <laughs> it was, it was the right one. Yes. It was, I was not picturing Jon Snow's man bun. You were, trying, you were trying very hard trying to keep so the laughter hard. inside. Yeah. You did a good job. For sure. No, I, I think you would look like the prince who has promised with that look, Benny. Don't let, <laughs> don't let, don't let me tell you different. But also we do have, we have some sad news to announce to our listeners and JP, we might be putting you on the spot, but we have to celebrate the life of an incredible individual and spirit of the belligerent bees family. JP's beloved mutt, Addie, Addie Bertram, affectionately known as Batty, also known as the best bad dog on the planet, but really the greatest dog on the planet, arrived in our lives in 2008 when we had all sort of just started becoming friends in Corvallis, passed away peacefully in her favorite spot in JP's Portland backyard this weekend. Let's uh, raise our beers, our glasses, and whatever we have in front of us to the, the best dog that came into uh, the belligerent beef family, the beaver fam, to Addie Bertram, we love you. We love you too, JP. Thank you guys. Cheers, Cheers Addie. You know, Cheers. she was a beaver loyalist through and through. She was. Had all of the, you know, sassy, mischievous streak of a great beaver fan as well. Well, you know. she had a, the typical beaver fan life, which I did. I did run the numbers where she lived through 155 beaver games. Wow. Um, with a career lifetime record of 400 and a two and two bowl game right. record. So minus the bowl I, games, which are not really as typical for Beaver fans lately and before <laughs> a 400 record is 
fairly spot on. So right. she can empathize <laughs> with all of us. Well, anyone like our our parents' age lifetime record is probably way short of four hundred <laughs> <laughs> wins and losses. Do they Agreed. listen to this? My parents might. I don't think mine do. I throw a lot of content their way, but we'll. I'm sure they will. They'll add it to the. My parents are retired. Which doesn't mean they've listened to it a ton of times. <laughs> they're still means, not listening to this. They can choose to do whatever they want with their time. So I'm not sure they're choosing to, <laughs> to spend time. I didn't share it with uh, any of this, like anyone in particular other than social media. And I felt like it would be very weird if the only person I shared it with were, were my parents. So <laughs> I guess waiting. your parents are probably listening. They probably, I'm sure they will. Every, uh, Every five-star review counts. And while we're on the topic, dear listener, if you would like to share the belligerent beeves with your parents or your friends, the Oregon State fans in your life, or the Duck fans in your life too, if they want to, you know, talk shit, we're uh, we're ready. You know, we 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 love we love that kind of thing. We're Ben yeah, is always we're ready. ready. Let's go. If if you are a Duck fan and you want to do something nice for a Beaver fan, find Benny on Twitter. Benny, your Twitter name is at BennyL1986 and just start talking shit to him. He'll make his like, day. He'll make his week. The meaner, the better. <laughs> he, he thrives on that. So yeah, if, if you're a Sounders fan, if you're a Seattle, uh, if you're a Seattle born and raised Duck fan who went to, went to Oregon from Seattle and are also a diehard Sounders fan, even better. Oh. Bring that up to you. Talk about Freddie Montero. That, that is... <laughs> talk about Clint Dempsey. Talk about Casey Keller. That is a fuel that Say I need to live. Suck. It's, that's the good stuff. <laughs> you'll actually, you'll be making his existence better, uh, we <laughs> promise. But yes, please follow and rate and subscribe to the Belligerent Beefs podcast wherever you get your podcasts and follow on Twitter and Instagram at Beeves. We are up and running and this is episode three. We are getting uh, a lot of, we're hearing from people finally on social media, getting some things to the Gmail at belligerentbeeves at gmail.com. Seems like people are enjoying our witty banter about our favorite university, the Harvard of the Pacific Northwest in Corvallis, Oregon, aka the Paris of the Pacific Northwest. And while it is the summer time where college sports are typically uh, slower. We do have uh, some exciting Beaver news to announce. And I'm going to start with Benny's favorite sport and JP's not favorite sport. We don't have to rank it. Uh, Oregon State soccer in the news for some real positive things. Uh, Oregon State attacking player Glory Amanda named the Mac Herman trophy winner for the nation's top soccer player. This is like the Heisman trophy for college soccer. And the funny thing about this is Lori, who had a great year uh, for Oregon State, which also had a great year, uh, lost to Virginia Tech in the first round of the NCAA tournament, sadly, but they were a fantastic team again this year. Programs, you know, really growing. But he didn't even win Pac-12 Player of the Year. And without doing research or context, Benny, I want to hear your take on how this Oregon State player won National Player of the Year, but not Conference Player of the Year. Is this a conspiracy that the belligerent beeves need to look into? Go. Larry Scott. It is a conspiracy. I honestly, like, I love soccer and I love Oregon State sports. Uh, I don't, I don't really follow Oregon State soccer team all that closely. So I, I, I don't have any sort of foundation for my opinion, but that seems like uh, it has conspiracy written all over it to me. Yeah, I think it's just anti Oregon State bias in the Pac-12. Okay, but who was Pac-12 of the year? That yeah, that was my next question. Or my first question. You guys follow soccer. Yeah, but 
Don't worry, I'll edit uh, look, this out. Look it up Let's right now. Google it so we pretend you knew. I know. Keep it in. Keep keep it in. I want. I, I'm all about transparency here at the Belligerent Bees Podcast. I did not look up who the Pac-12 Player of the Year is. I think I saw it in the article, but was you know just cramming for all of the other segments <laughs> we are getting to. I had to educate myself on college golf, which I'm going to let you talk about, JP, because I, I think you actually read an article about <laughs> Oregon State golf. But I just I saw a lot of people who are just big mad on Twitter, like more mad than happy about Gloria Mondo <laughs> winning the most prestigious individual award. It goes back to Ben's, you know, rule of life that you have to be more mad about Oregon than you are happy about <laughs> Oregon State to be a true Beaver fan. And I guess that extends to the national media and rhetoric as well. It so just, it, congratulations, Gloria Manda. We have a, a great Oregon State alum, Hassani Dotson, who balls for uh, Minnesota United FC here in my neck of the woods. Let's keep that Minnesota-Oregon State alliance strong. Come to the loons, yeah, buddy. Yeah, I mean, and truth be told, like Oregon State has had a couple players uh, that have broken to MLS. So I would imagine with winning player of the year that glory will be well on his way to doing the same. So it'd be exciting to see him in the next step. Do we, do we put glory in the belligerent beefs hall of fame? Yes. Yeah. First national player of the year yes. since we've, uh, since we've been doing the podcast. Right. Okay. That is yeah. true. <laughs> I, I think we're on to something yeah. here. All right. So yeah, I know B is rec recruiting sent out uh, a thing of like player of the years with the sports illustrated with Terry Baker on it. The one with Gary mm -hmm. Payton on it that I have framed in my office somewhere and the Adley Rutschman one and now the Gloria Mondo one. So this is our third episode. We're still in uh, we're still an infantile podcast and Hey, Oregon state sports already paying dividends. You're welcome. So. You're welcome. Yes. Should we all say it in, in unison? <laughs> All right, three, two, you one. are welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> Hard on Zoom. There's delays and shit. All right. So after that perfectly executed segment of podcasting, <laughs> men's golf, Oregon wait, wait, State, balance from on, the wait, before we, go, we didn't talk about we were drinking. Oh, good point. Good, That's good what point. people right, care about the most. Need some <laughs> JP in Portland, Oregon. What beer are you enjoying? It looks refreshing as hell. <laughs> It's called a Peace Among Worlds. It's a New England style double IPA, eight percent alcohol, <laughs> from Kushwa Brewing, and they're in like Williamsport, Maryland. I don't know how I got this beer. You're all over the World Series. No, that's Williamsport, Pennsylvania. Oh. Maybe it's Pennsylvania. No, I think it's Maryland. Let me look at this. Probably pretty close. It's Maryland. We're crushing this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, wait, Kushwa Brewing, Peace Among Worlds. All right, so you, you've gone from Alaska to Minnesota to I'm Maryland. Working east, yeah. And I don't know where I'm going to go next, but Europe. <laughs> <laughs> I want a yeah. good beer. Like get Benny. some like war, war pigs or something like that. Guinness. Yeah, that's, that's okay. good beer. How, 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 uh, how is the beer? You know, it's pretty good. I gave it a, I gave it a four yeah. out of five. A four yeah. on Untapped? Nice. Benjamin Lawrence Sebastian Weehage, what beer are you enjoying? <laughs> this is going to be the most boring segment for our, our guests uh, or listeners. Uh, I am drinking Nikasi no, again. No such thing as a boring <laughs> um, Third week in a row. 
<laughs> and it is another IPA from Ninkasi. Ben's a secret Eugene loyalist. Dude, yeah, what is, you're wearing, you're literally wearing green and we, yellow. We can right only now. see the top of your Sonics jersey right now. You can't even see the Sonics. So it's just green and yellow. You're drinking a Eugene God, beer. This is the only way to get me self conscious. <laughs> uh, secret. Now we can't see your eyes. Geez. It's just, <laughs> I don't know where to pick up now. <laughs> Ninkasi, you got to be the first official sponsor of the Blue Beeves. One third of the host only drink your beer and they hate the town you're located in more than anything. That makes him the most yeah. valuable customer possible. The return on, of, on investment of this man is unfathomable. If we don't have a sponsorship from Ninkasi by next week or the following <laughs> week, then I will be drinking something else. Then we just quit. <laughs> we, just, we just quit. We had a good run. I'm, a, I'm keeping it local for me wow. here in Minnesota. I'm drinking a, a Castle Danger Cream Ale from Castle Danger Brewing in Two Harbors, Minnesota. Shout out Two Harbors. One of my favorite towns very far north of the Twin Cities where I live on the north shore of Lake Superior. Beautiful tap room in a beautiful little town. And the Cream Ale is their most popular beer. And I was having a late cookout for Memorial Day at my parents house in southwest minneapolis and i stole a bunch of these so thank you mom and dad for continuing to support i me love doing that in all the ways in which you do terry, <laughs> terry how many friends do you know that have a cabin up north like i don't know man it's or like people who know people with a cabin yeah. up north really i forget what i was watching but someone was talking about how many in minneapolis has either a cabin up north or a friend with a cabin up north we yeah we never had our own cabin but we would you know go you know up north it's funny because like north minnesota like isn't small there's not just like oh, it's a pretty big part of the state like size wise like land wise um so i'm excited because in mid or late july i'll be going to the boundary waters which is the area between like along the border between minnesota and canada which is just a ton of lakes and it's wilderness as hell so i'll be going with people who know what they're doing but it's you know middle of nowhere real wilderness vacation that would not be me know what they're doing by like you mean like camping <laughs> they yes. know how to pitch a tent nice. hardcore camping <laughs> right well we'll be like canoeing through lakes and then Whoa. putting the canoes on our shoulders and like taking it to other lakes you wouldn't last canoeing through hour a lake. that sounds GP. intense That's, terry that sounds intense watch out for those it, rapids it's very intense <laughs> <laughs> It's in the middle of bear country. Does that do Whoa. anything Watch for you? Watch out for those bears in the water. Bears. <laughs> if you get too tired, you can I have a bears. creamsicle ale. <laughs> it's not a creamsicle ale. <laughs> anyway, we're not here to shit on the great state of Minnesota or my existence or any of my uh, physical pursuits. We're here to talk Oregon State sports, which we already have a little bit. We're a little disjointed here today, guys. <laughs> That's when you screw up the start time, who knows what's going to happen. JP, what's going on with the uh, Oregon State men's golf team? I heard they're in a tournament Shout of some out kind. To men's golf. We're becoming a golf podcast, which I never anticipated, but it's also May. So maybe we should have anticipated. Right. I think we might be becoming a golf school. I mean, yeah, really. Right. So yeah, the, the men's golf team went back to the NCAA championships. They were there in 2019 and that was just our fourth appearance since 1967. So we are on the up for golf. Shout out again to Tristing Tree for training these athletes to be the top of their game. Unfortunately, we uh, 
as a team were bounced out of the tournament today. I think day one, we were like sitting at eighth and uh, yeah, we, we didn't even make it the first cuts because they cut below the top 15 and we were eight after day one. I think we kept slipping a little bit and then yeah, we were 23rd after today. Some of these numbers though, like I don't really, uh, they were playing at, at Greyhawk in Scottsdale. I've never played there. I've never heard anything about it, but we were 42 over as a team uh, and still finished 23rd. <laughs> I don't know how to read that, but at least at least we weren't Prairie View A and M. <laughs> what was Prairie View A and M? Well, no, but when they were in the regionals, what did they finish at? Plus sixty three, something like that. <laughs> Dude, that is like a drunken trifting tree. That's what I would shoot. It's probably plus sixty three. You would shoot. <laughs> you would shoot plus forty two at trifting tree. I think you'd shoot. I don't know. That back now is rough, man. Those were those were long holes. <laughs> I, I I played more at Marysville, which I believe we discussed in the first episode. I'm down to become a golf podcast. I don't know shit about golf. <laughs> Let's just do it then. I don't know shit about podcasting. <laughs> I mean, Let's you, do it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that's not stopping us. We we you know we are a podcast about beer too, and I've never really played golf without having a, a few beers while playing. So we should we should record an episode while playing around a golf at trysting tree while drinking sometime yeah do it in the uh, like a mobile episode in the golf cart i like that yeah and we'll just hit we'll hit record a few times after a, a, f- a few holes and yeah who knows maybe we'll even get secret producer Skinder to come along for oh, that but right? I, with the shout out carson oh. berry spencer tibbets they both qualified as individuals so they will be going on and still representing Oregon State, even though they're not playing with uh, with the team. Right. So the team is the team is eliminated from team con- contention, but those two individuals could still win national, like the individual yeah, and national and championship. Like nailed a, a one hole playoff to advance, so pressure was on. That's tight. And in typical nice. Beaver fashion, we delivered and chopped them straight down. Well, Carson and Spencer, if you're listening to this, and it's hard to say if you're listening to this without laughing because you're probably not (laughs) listening to this. There's a chance someone you know is listening to this, though, and if you do happen to know Carson, Barry, or Spencer Tibbetts, please pass this along to them because winning the individual national championship comes with not only being a national champion for the rest of your life, but also guaranteed induction into the belligerent bees hall. Without a doubt. Love it. I think we should induct one new athlete every week. We're now at three athletes. We've had three episodes. This will be a more inclusive hall of fame than the pro basketball (laughs) hall of fame. (laughs) Everyone gets in. It's a party. Who cares? No, but you were asking about if you know, like if you know Spencer Tibbetts and I, I, I put in the notes, like, why does that name sound so familiar to me? Like it does. Wasn't there a Spencer Tibbetts at Oregon state when we were there? What's has he been in college for like 20 years? How is this name so familiar? I swear. The only man at Oregon state longer than the three of us <laughs> yeah, were. Exactly. <laughs> And he just he just keeps getting degrees and went to Tristing Tree one day and like shot a 85. I was like, oh, maybe I'm pretty good at this. So he's just been playing Tristing Tree constantly for the last 12 years just, and played his, his way onto the golf team. And is this on some impeccable I mean, run? That sounds like a, a dream of mine if I was 20 and I, and I had to like plan out my future. Let's spend the next 12 years at Tristing Tree just crushing the course until I make the Oregon State golf team and... From that point <laughs> forward, I am just a collegiate athlete. That's a great plan. Spencer. A 34-year-old collegiate athlete. Yeah, Spencer, you you dog. You knew what you were doing. <laughs> I know you were at school when we were there. I know it. Yeah, Sorry, I was muted because I was I was looking up his bio on the Oregon State website. And to just make sure he wasn't like does, 34. 
Well, it, it, it there is no birthday given for Spencer Chibbs, um, the Oregon State what six foot four from Vancouver, Washington. Went to Fort Vancouver High School. His freshman year of eligibility was 2017-18. No, but he graduated. He graduated from high school in 2017. <laughs> so they say. Does it? So does they it, say? Okay, it says graduated. Okay, so they yeah. say. All right. Well, OSU Beavers Athletic Department. Get yeah. back to us. Spencer, get back to us. Just come yeah. on the pod anyway. Be fun. That'd be fun. That would be fun. Awesome. I'll at him and see if he can uh, see if we can get some engagement. I doubt it. For but sure. <laughs> it's worth a try. <laughs> what are they saying? Golf? Um, like, but you don't get any holes that you don't swing for. Is that what it is? That's absolutely not what they say. <laughs> <laughs> there is some old, like old adages in golf. I don't know. I think mine was great. It should be a new adage. There's. Wait, try try saying that phrase one more time. There are no there are there are no holes you don't you never swing get for. any holes you don't swing for. <laughs> Could have been a pie cap saying too. <laughs> Jesus Christ. All right, let's reel it back in here, guys. Um, some positive news. Oregon State baseball, a two seed in the Fort Worth regionals for the uh, upcoming NCAA baseball tournament. It's been sort of an up and down season for Mitch Canham's crew, but in the end, the bees are going to the NCAA tournament and they are in a, a pretty good seed. Big wins for sure. Big win against Stanford and the Pac-12, as we talked about, is just stacked with teams this year. So the strength of schedule is certainly there. But I have to ask you guys, now that we're number two in the region, um, TCU is the number one seed and we will have a real chance of advancing. Were we too hard on the hard hat in our last episode? We're sort of unanimously, anti not anti-hard hat, but not super pro hard hat kind of like eh, didn't do a whole lot for us did we overlook slash underestimate the hard hat should we be giving the hard hat more credit or is it still a cheesy swaggerless novelty that we probably just don't need to make room for honestly it could look kind of cool if we make it to omaha <laughs> see if it only looks cool if we win i feel like that answers it, the question i don't think we were too hard on the hard I, yeah hat. probably not I, I do like the fact that i mean oregon state came out of the came out of the season looking pretty good they had that series ending win nine to one against stanford i think it's one of those things like we said in in the last episode where if it works to inspire the team then we're all for it uh if it doesn't then it's just gonna look really stupid well you know i've talked to people about our commentary around the hard hat and asked if they knew about it and then like played clips about what we were saying about it and everyone kind of looked at me like really this was your guys's hot take on them doesn't sound terrible like who cares so maybe we were too hard on it maybe we were i apologize to all of our all of our thousands of listeners out there we maybe were wrong billions of listeners okay Um, let's not get ahead of ourselves but maybe we were wrong we weren't, we didn't even come in that hot though. If that's a hot take, then <laughs> we're in some real trouble already. <laughs> Three episodes in. Cause we're, I think all of like what Ben just said, where you were unanimous, we're like, well, if the players like it, then okay. Dude, that was fire. Whatever. That was a hot take. <laughs> <laughs> None of us were like, fuck this shit. Canham should be fired for it because it's heinous. <laughs> I, I still think it's cheesy, but baseball's cheesy. And what makes it better beyond Oregon State making the two seed in the NCAA tournament is it wasn't even close to the worst baseball hat 
I've seen recently. There's a new development for this too, even beyond this. But so New Era released a special edition local market hat, one for every team in MLB with a random number of area codes attached <laughs> to each hat, a random selection of attractions stitched into each hat. It's like, you know, like in the like the late 90s, early 2000s, when you could get those like jeans or those jackets with like every single NBA logo stitched into them and like Ludacris would wear it in like videos and shit. And like, that was kind of cool. But even at the time we're like, I think that's too many logos for one piece of clothing, but you do you Luda. This is even worse than that. And also today, just minutes before we hopped on, there's a new taxi cab Terrible. New era hat that's like every t- every team now has like a yellow edition hat that like looks like a New York taxi. I don't know. Even if the Yankees and Mets did this, I would think it sucks. But the fact that like teams and cities not known for their taxi scene are making these hats. I don't know. Is is New Era just drunk as shit as a company right now? <laughs> what is happening? JP, you are the biggest hat, baseball hat enthusiast I know. Please tell me. Okay, Help me make sense so of here this it is. Here's what's crazy. is like If you're thinking about these hats as a local market hat, whatever they're supposed to be branded as, right? And it's supposed to be like represent your area. I mean, first you look at the Giants, my team. And they threw on there the 415 area code, which, you know, it was always in the San Francisco area code. And they also have like a new one. I mean, Portland has the same thing, right? Like, what's 971 or whatever is like kind of the newer area code around here. That's not really that's right. a Portland area code. There's even a newer one in San Francisco called 628. And they threw that on there right below 415. Like, yeah, yeah, we're going to get these like non-locals who've got their new phone numbers after they moved to San Francisco and throw them a bone and put their (laughs) new area code on the hat as well. So for one, that is not local. Two, in the Bay Area, we love our, we love our cable cars, right? Like San Francisco, we love, it's like iconic, but we don't ride the cable cars. We never rode the cable cars. That was for tourists. And like, then they threw sushi rolls on there. Like, what? <laughs> what? That was my like, favorite. I mean, this was the this was blasphemous across the entire country for every market they do this in to the point where they pulled them within hours before they even sold any because right. they they probably knew they would only sell ones as like meme hats. Like they people just wanted to laugh at these. Right. They were not good at all. You probably won't hear me say positive things about sports teams from the state of Wisconsin very often, but I kind of liked the Brewers one. And it's 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 hard to sit as JP mentioned, they did pull the entire line within hours, making this whole conversation irrelevant, but we couldn't miss the opportunity to roast just how stupid this idea was. The Brewers one had just the 414, so like the main Milwaukee area code, which was gonna be for the twins. Minnesota is always weird because all of our sports teams are named after the state, not the city. So there's this like weird need to like please the whole state. So just every Minnesota area code was on it next to the hat. It just looked like when you're looking at like lines of code in the matrix, like it just looked like that next to a twins logo. Um, but the Brewers just had a wheel of cheese, <laughs> a stein of beer <laughs> and like maybe a pretzel. The life necessity is <laughs> like, exactly just everything wisconsin does well without trying too hard so i saw that i was like i actually like kind of like that one but for some reason like pittsburgh didn't have any area codes right and then with like and even like the the other minnesota ones like there is uh there is a cheeseburger on it which i think was supposed to be a tribute to Mm. the juicy lucy which jp you've eaten several of every time you visited me here in minneapolis very good but the burger on it was like a full like regular burger with like lettuce tomatoes and other shit 
which Juicy Lucy's <laughs> don't have. <laughs> they were close. <laughs> maybe not. It. Maybe not a max Juicy Lucy. And then I think we had like a an overhead shot of the lakes in Southwest Minneapolis near where I grew up, which, you know, a local person would appreciate, but I think even most people had to stare at it for a second. Cause on a hat, you don't have a, it's not a heat, giant tapestry <laughs> capable of holding <laughs> massive works of art. So I was like, Oh shit, that's Lake of the Isles. But I had to stare at it for 10 minutes to figure it out. So new era, whoever, <laughs> whatever poor sap was just charged with coming up with something super creative. Sorry. No, I'm not sorry. But also no. not sorry. Because what they just, I understand they pulled it, but they follow it up with the taxi cab hats. So bad. Yeah, those so are bad. really bad. But those have sold out. Come like on. All of the teams. Yeah. They, had, they probably had no stock, no inventory. They were just like, let's just make it look like this is a drop that sells out and is in high demand. But they probably had like yeah. one per city. What's on New Era? I'm going, I'm going to New Era's just main page right now. What are they advertising? All right. They have, the, they have their the Father's Day hats are up next which are always always good okay so you know not totally oh here's a white Sox hat that's kind of cool the city oh, yeah, connect yeah, those are dope. that's the one that says shy on it right yeah those are sick and those jerseys are sick too oh the ones that say south those side are yes dope. yeah those jerseys are really cool yeah and like we're probably drifting a little far from both beavers and beer at this point we're allowed to drift this is a podcast ultimately about nonsense <laughs> and i think everyone who's listened to the first two episodes probably gets if you're still listening to this episode in particular we did you guys see the a's local market hat that one was probably the no. worst that one was probably the worst uh-uh. what would have been really funny is on the a's hat the local market hat if they had just had a bunch of portland attractions <laughs> instead the lot or oakland a's are considering multiple options in terms of relocation it appears that a new ballpark in oakland is more and more impossible by the day i am very much against the idea of the a's leaving oakland but there is a chance they move to portland and i believe members of the a's brass have now officially spent time in the rose city a city that three of us all love where ben grew up where jp now lives where i spent uh, just wonderful two years as a 23 and 24 year old i love portland and i love major league baseball but the A's in Portland, possible, maybe. What do you guys think about this? Everything I've read, it seems like there's a lot of hesitancy of the people in Portland to get excited. I, I know John Canzano put out an article saying that he thinks that it's just leverage for the Oakland ownership group to get a stadium built in Oakland, uh, w- which I think is probably has truth to it. But that being said, like if you followed uh, MLB to Portland or the Portland Diamond Project, like they do have a lot of the right people needed to be part of an ownership group of a of a professional sports team and they seem to have the money as well uh they seem really organized they have renderings of the stadium that they'd like to build and i think they either had an offer put down on the table or it actually purchased a piece of land but but the stadium looks like the renderings look great i have the same sentiment as you though terry where i don't necessarily want to see portland get a team out of the expense of them leaving a, a city especially one that has had baseball in it for as long as oakland has but as someone who grew up in portland 
Portland and would certainly be a fan of any team that played in Portland, it would be very cool if the A's moved to Portland. You've kind of become a Mariners fan over the years. If the A say they announce tomorrow that the A's are moving to Portland and it's official and it's legit, are you a 100% Portland Athletics fan? Absolutely. All intents and purposes. Oh, yes, without a doubt. When you argue about the Mariners and the Twins with me later in the baseball season, I'm going to bookmark that comment <laughs> just to challenge your faith to the Mariners. Anyway, yeah. JP, our current P- Portland resident, and I think uh, has the opposite opinion of myself on this, but A's looking at relocation and Portland's on the short list. Dude, I feel for the the citizens of Oakland, you lose three professional sports teams over a span of like four years, and you're kind of already the underdog city of the region. So there's no coming back from that. So I feel really, really bad about the people who have invested like their entire life and fanhood into these teams only to have them leave. I don't feel that the Warriors in the same boat as the Raiders. The Warriors originated not even in the Bay Area. And then when they came to the Bay Area with San Francisco, and really, I actually had this conversation on Twitter with somebody the other day. The Warriors were never really just Oakland's team. Oakland kind of adopted them and took them in for years, right? But they were always trying, they weren't even trying to be the base team. When they left San Francisco and went over to the Coliseum, they were trying to split their home games between San Diego and Oakland. They were trying to be California's team, um, a traveling team. So what happened was San Diego fell through and then they got stuck with already having the lease in the Coliseum site. So they ended up just playing all their home games there. I still think that the Warriors could play anywhere and always be the base team. I get it when people talk about the San Francisco Chase Center pricing people out, you know, maybe appealing to the wealthier side of the the tip of the bay there. And I get that. And there might be some fact to that. But at the same point, the average fan couldn't go go to Oracle the last like five years anyway. So there's really not a big difference there. They're not the only billionaires in sports who are doing yeah, that like right now. It's, the amenities are upgraded it's, the cost of the tickets yeah. are a little bit more but they were already a lot lot more before the move uh, because of their success remember when we tried to go to the, that like game five of the nba finals when i was in town it, it was like six hundred dollars <laughs> like the, the worst there's like one ticket for six hundred dollars yeah, we almost did like, it by we itself almost did it because yeah. we, we were like what else are we gonna do this we almost pulled the trigger like yeah what else? <laughs> i still hope to go to nba finals game someday but i'm i am glad that we didn't spend all of our hard-earned cash but on the that. a's are different the um, a's are a different boat i don't know who to blame Honestly, the city of Oakland yeah, it's hard. does not seem to care to keep them as much as they come off saying. And, and the A's don't seem to care about being rooted in Oakland as their slogan has been the last few years, as much as they should be. Getting renderings and like putting all your chips on the table for like one location, but they have, they're tied up at the Coliseum site. And then the city of Oakland won't like let them off the hook for that. And they want discounted land in, in exchange for trading it. And like, no one really wants the Coliseum site because it's useless. You can't redevelop it really well. It's in a very convenient location for when you used to have those cookie cutter stadiums and like athletic multiplexes, because you had public transportation, you had freeways right there, all the access you needed to get in and out quickly. But that was like the mantra of 50 years ago in sports. Right. You have, you were traveling by automobile. So you wanted to get in and out as quickly as possible. The parking lots are massive and you need to have multi-use stadiums that were paid for by the county or the city. And that's not the case anymore. Right. So that location doesn't work. It will never work again. It is just an artifact of the past. The A's don't want to be on the hook for that. Oakland doesn't want to be on the hook for that. There's no way they can afford the Howard terminal site. So without being able to get a discounted land on like a trade of the Coliseum site, it's never going to happen in Oakland. And honestly, it never was going to happen in Oakland because the A's have already been looking to leave for 20 years. 
They were almost the Fremont A's. They were almost the San Jose A's. They've been trying to move for years. This is not just leverage. In my mind, this is real. And what I'm excited about is Portland deserves a professional baseball team. It's 85 degrees outside right now. And I would give anything to be drinking a cheap beer and a crappy hot dog in the sun while watching a professional baseball team. Well, the beer is not going to be cheap. The hot dog will be crappy. Yes. It will be in the okay. sun, but I, I get your point. I just had to yeah, sneak appreciate that in there. That, I guess. <laughs> Anyways, what I, how I see this is this. The, the Portland Diamond Project is so much further along in this process than literally any other group involved with the A's or relocation of the A's. You know, John Fisher and Dave Covell, like the you know leadership team owner, president of the A's, are just literally like, it's just like uh, they're dramatizing this entire process, just being pandered to for a possible move. Um, they don't care about Oakland. And, and I don't think they're going to go to Vegas either. I think Vegas is the, the bluff against the city of Oakland because they already have some recent scar tissue with the Raiders going in Vegas will throw a ton of money and taxpayer money at getting whatever the A's want built, but the A's would be third wheel again in vegas and they are probably yeah. sick and tired of being third wheel that if they came to portland in a day like today and all summer long when there's no sports really outside of i don't know the soccer in the summer i can't answer that but they would be the number one attraction all summer long and it would be epic so yes i think it's a win for everybody outside of this the citizens of oakland and this is the longest rant i've ever had talking about the a's but i feel very passionately about the fact that this is the right move is to come here so please athletics join me and you will be my American League team. I thought the Twins were your American League team. Well, they are for now. <laughs> All right. Well, that, that convinces me to keep fighting you on this. <laughs> but we, we had you for sure had a few thoughts there. So what, what do you what do you think about? Yeah, all that? So uh, when JP brought up Vegas, one thing that I had read was that um, when the Oakland ownership group comes to Portland, they're going to have they're going to be met with the Portland Diamond Project. And we mentioned before, they have a really good setup built and, and good foundation. But I think they have all their bases covered, right? They have the right people in finance. They have the right people that have sort of the big picture. They have the face of it. Where with Sierra and Russell Wilson, like they have all of their, uh, excuse the pun, but ducks in a row. Whereas see, Vegas, there being that you so said bad. ducks on the podcast. So, you got to you don't drink. ever have me wake up from a nap to do a podcast again. This is difficult. <laughs> but in Vegas, they're going to be met with by the mayor and the everything that I've seen from the Vegas mayor and heard from the Vegas mayor is that she is a complete lunatic, both politically and just the way that she she like presents herself, right? And so that to me just shows they, they don't have any sort of interest group like the Portland Diamond Project. It's just a mayor really wanting a team because they've seen the success of the Knights and the inevitable success of the Raiders, but they don't have any plans on paper at all. Yeah. And like, let's tie this back to the Beavs. How much better is it going to be when Pat Casey comes out of retirement to manage the Portland A's? There you go. I mean, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'd still talk shit about it, but I, I'd, I'd go to games. No. Like, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not above that. <laughs> level of hypocrisy <laughs> like this is bullshit they never should have left oakland there is so much heritage but yeah the stadium's this way cool thanks <laughs> like the so it's like the sonics fan that goes to blazers games true that is that is not right. me by the way <laughs> <laughs> even this despite, despite the, jersey. the jersey i love it um where would the stadium be in it's just Portland? north of like the fremont bridge there's like port one or two i don't know what, what it is this is where they're sitting now and it's an awesome location right on the river really close to the pearl 
it, it'd be a big investment for the city to like get, you know, the max or something to, to go out there, extend the loop or whatever you'd have to do to get people a little bit more north. That's probably like the biggest hurdle. I mean, essentially, if you go over the Fremont Bridge and you go north and you hit that like clusterfuck of like Vaughn and whatever else is over there, that would be chaos on a game day. So that would definitely need to be fixed. There's also rumors of, you know, the, the, the pretty imminent demise of Lloyd Center being also a possible location, which wouldn't have the same kind of cool vibe, but it would have a lot more like development potential because there's already a lot there. So you can like pop up a ton of cool restaurants and things to do in the area uh, pre and post game pretty quickly. Cause you wouldn't need to like convert warehouses to like new buildings, uh, which is essentially what would happen up in the Northwest Portland side. Well, as someone who has followed a ton of stadium politics in my life and watched a ton of stadium porn, which the renderings you're referring to <laughs> Benny, the one thing I've learned is that, uh, this takes a while. So I have no idea how long this process could be. If it's something that gets, you know, taken care of in a year or if the city of Oakland wants to fight it and, you know, keep the A's uh, committed to that lease as long as they can. I have not read the lease and I'm not going to, but it's 2024. It's it's up 2024. Okay. So we'll see. Um, We'll certainly, you know, keep our eye onto this story as it develops in the months and years to come. I think all of us are in agreement that a major league baseball team in a new stadium in Portland would be sweet. And, you know, that probably means, you know, Oregon State, Oregon games take place there, uh, you know, one one series a year, which would be fun and probably, you know, get get a chance to keep some Oregon State players home. And, you know, if Pat Casey were to come out of retirement to coach <laughs> the Portland Athletics when they show up seven years from now and he's even older and hasn't coached a baseball game in a decade at that point, <laughs> we'll we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll get him on the pod for for an exclusive. Um, I'm, I'm sure we can. Uh, get get that in in uh in the works but we can wrap up this baseball talk by bringing it back to Oregon State a little bit game start this Friday in uh Fort Worth we're playing Dallas Baptist in the first game also have uh, McNeese State in the region we mentioned the team got finished the season with a 9-1 drubbing of a very good Stanford team finished on a positive note what is your guys's level of optimism on a scale of one to 10 as we head into this year's NCAA tournament with the Beavers as a number two seed? It's hard not to be really optimistic just with the history of, of Oregon State's baseball program. And I think like if you took away, if, if this was in a vacuum, I would say to get through to the super regional would be a realistic expectation. But with the fact that we're recent national champs, back-to-back national champs when we were in school, it's tough to say, like, unless we get to Omaha, it would be a disappointment. I know nothing about TCU, Dallas Baptist, or McNeese State, but I would expect Oregon State to get through. I agree with you that it's going to be a disappointment. I don't see us getting through. And I think from the games that I followed this year, whether just lightly or actually watching, we don't have, like, a reliable bullpen by any means. Whether it's the like the players themselves and or it's the management of the bullpen, we blow a lot of games. And in a series, you can kind of take that back, you know, and jump out early in the next game and make make amends for like a blown late game. You can't do that in regionals. So in my mind, we're very prone to that, and it's gonna come back to bite us in the ass, and we're gonna probably not advance. Yeah, That's- well, and to I mean to your point, like are the teams that have gone really far, either all the way or or made it far in Omaha, have either had 
outstanding starting pitching or a really good bullpen or or more so than not a combination of both yeah and we have we have great pitchers on on both sides the pen and starting but they're just prone to letting the game go i think we feel a lot like the 07 team if if they were made it to omaha because that team almost didn't make the ncaa tournament and i'm not saying that this team almost didn't make it obviously they were a two we were maybe expecting that there'd be a they'd be a three at the at the worst but Kind of, kind of felt like you know they they didn't make it in as the same buzzsaw as some of the other teams like uh, Oregon State I believe was the number three seed overall in 2018 when we last won it. So I, I'm cautiously I'm about a six out of ten on the optimism scale. So if uh, they do crash out of Fort Worth, I'll just be like, all right, I get to watch Trevor Larnack rake for my favorite major league team all year. <laughs> <laughs> um, even though watching the Twins beat not named Trevor Larnack has been pretty Who's depressing. Who's that guy that so ran far. face first in the wall today? It could have been Russ Snyder. Snyder. I didn't watch That's the game who it was. And he literally, Snyder, yeah. like, did not take the warning that the warning track gave him and just <laughs> ran head first into the wall. Jesus. And fell down. I mean, it was like he got bulldozed. Wow. Was it a home run? Yeah. And, but that's <laughs> Twins God, baseball. Is that how the, the slogan is? The Twins they won. Did win, though, they did win. So. Yeah. The, twins, the Twins won three to two. And I think Ref Snyder's selfless effort. <laughs> helped propel the team towards victory against the Baltimore Orioles who are <laughs> far and away the worst team in baseball. <laughs> rallied, right the team rallied the around one concussion. Oh God. Well, anyway, good best of luck to Mitch Canham and, and the hard hat crew <laughs> first game <laughs> on Friday against Dallas Baptist. Um, we might be, we might be tuning in. Um, another, uh, Memorial day note, um, in the NASCAR world that I wasn't expecting JP, I believe you, uh, added this in, but tell us about, uh, the cool, um, Oregon state grad honor on a uh, chase Elliott's car in the Coca-Cola. Yeah, so I don't know if chase Elliott does this all the time. Um, or if it's a, or if he's only done it Memorial days, but they chose to honor, uh, like a fallen Marine. Um, or military person on that like, with a placard on their windshield for today's the Coca-Cola 600. Chase Elliott, I don't know if he has a tie to him or how this ends up getting selected, but he honored Frederick Pocorny. Thank you, sir, for your service and your sacrifice. Um, he's Oregon State grad, 2001. He died in Iraq while serving in the Marines in 2003. So uh, on this day, Memorial Day, um, interesting tie into a Memorial Day sporting event as well. And so, yeah, I wanted to make sure we took the time to thank him and, and acknowledge uh, this thing that Chase Elliott did as well. That's awesome. So, yeah, shout out to the uh, Picorni family, Frederick Picorni, and uh, to Chase Elliott, who did finish second in the Coca-Cola oh. 600 today. Nice. So, great. Thank you, JP, for... Uh, dropping that story into into our our podcast google doc see we are organized a little bit this brings us to what should be our last segment it is memorial day and it is 96 days from oregon state at purdue at least two-thirds of the belligerent beeves will be there benny booked his flight i'm planning on driving from minneapolis picking up benny in chicago and making it all the way to west lafayette to watch the beeves Eat the shit out of the Boilermakers <laughs> and mark the first time in program history that Beaver football travels significantly far east to 
a town called West Lafayette <laughs> to start the season in a nationally televised game under the lights and actually wins. This is not 07 at Cincinnati. This is not whatever year that was at Louisville, 06 at Boise State, 08 at Penn State. I'm going to stop now because it's making me depressed. <laughs> but this year, this year, damn it, we're going to win. Benny and I are going to be there. JP, is there any chance you join us? The Airbnb is already booked and there's a bed for you. What say you? No, but maybe. <laughs> <laughs> That's the correct. Um, super, or uh, is that super? Uh, secret producer Iskinder did text me and say, I think I might fly to Minneapolis, go to the Oregon State or Ohio State Minnesota game with you, and then ride with you to pick up Betty in Chicago. So, secret producer Skinzy might be, might be on for that. He kind of is super secret. Super producer. secret producer. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to, if we record a live show in West Lafayette, you have to come. Me? Which we are doing. So you have to come. (laughs) I said no. Surprise! I said no, but maybe. So just (laughs) it's under the lights. It's under the lights. It'll be. What doesn't matter is that there's a game being played because we all know I'll probably be escorted out by halftime. So <laughs> that is true. I'm essentially think, flying somewhere think, to be kicked out. <laughs> I don't know if right. I'm going to do that. I've, 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 I've looked at tickets a little bit and sort of the geography of Purdue's stadium, uh, Ross aid Memorial stadium. It looks like the visiting fans designated area is fairly close to the student section. Yes. Which can't be good, <laughs> can't be good at all, but uh, maybe it is. So we don't necessarily have to sit there. We could probably buy student section tickets, JP, if you know you want to confront a hammered 19 year old. This is a terrible idea, but we're doing it. So I'm, I'm really excited. Um, as we are now completely done with spring football, real quick, has your guys's uh, optimism or intrigue of beaver football for this uh season change actually we'll, we can probably drop in that uh vegas gave us the over under at four and a half wins which <laughs> benny you thought was embarrassingly yeah. low jp you thought was pretty low i thought was kind of right based on we haven't <laughs> won that many games lately guys um but so benny we'll start with you i know that number pissed you off but now that you've read some about uh spring ball and some of the transfer players and uh younger players and uh, this uh next year in the jonathan smith tenure uh how are you feeling 96 days from kickoff in west lafayette big 10 country baby yeah well the fact that tristan jebbia liked one of my tweets has given me significant more confidence in his abilities to be our quarterback uh, so i'll repeat, start off there repeat the tweet he liked please uh, it repeat was the tweet. it was a lookout Trist, and i added tristan jebbia because it was the pass that was a Maurice Kalu to Alatiche. Alatiche yeah. to Ethan Thompson. Alatiche so it to was Ethan you Thompson. telling Trish and Jebbia that an Oregon State basketball player would be a better quarterback than him, and he liked it. And that's why we're winning <laughs> yeah, the that's national why I have championship. More confidence than so much confidence now. now. Yes. He, he, yeah, it shows he shook but it off. This is, uh, honest, honestly, like we were talking in our first episode about 
what we thought would get Jonathan Smith on the hot seat. And I think we all agreed that not making a bowl game this year, would get Jonathan Smith on the hot seat, but four and a half games is not going to get us into a bowl game. So I'm confused no. as to what your take is, Terry. <laughs> you just want Smith I, fired. Don't you Terry? <laughs> no, I don't want Smith fired. I like Smith. I, so if we go five and seven or four and eight, I think the seat is hot heading into 2022. Two, but I wouldn't be that surprised if it's a four or five win season because we're losing some of our best players. We're coming off of a very confusing year where it's like hard to read into it. And I think the schedule is pretty difficult. And I think the conference will be good this year. So if we go five and seven, I won't be happy. I won't think it's necessarily a sign that the sky is falling, but I think it will probably and appropriately make johnny's seat a little bit warmer and i would not not saying that like if like another five season 2022 would mean fire is asked or whatever i just think i think about bowl game is a very cautiously optimistic take and if we won eight games i don't think i'd be overly surprised either but i think it's gonna be it's it's gonna be tough and i i, I wasn't offended by four and a half Terry, do you want to make another bet let's just say i'm gonna stand on my ground on eight wins and the last time i made okay. a, an insane beaver claim was when I said that the men's basketball team, what, four years ago, whatever it was, five years ago, was going to make the NCAA tournament. And you said, <laughs> I don't remember said, this at all. If they make the tournament, you can piss on me. <laughs> There's no Come way that to West Lafayette and do it. <laughs> <laughs> This is like I'm. So, I'm so happy. This is the end of the episode where no one's listening. <laughs> I want to make another bet. I won't, I won't make any pee related bets as I've never made a pee related bet in my life, Mom. <laughs> I promise. JP no, is lying I got again. The receipts. But <laughs> we'll talk about the receipts uh, when we're when we're done recording. I, if you want to make a bet that they win eight games. I, I I will I will take the under on that bet as long as it does not uh, result in any very inhumane actions <laughs> taking place. I'll I'll buy an extravagant meal for you at Fire on the Mountain in Portland. If, if it's gonna if be so extravagant, case. wings. Uh, it, I mean, it'll taste phenomenal, but I wouldn't call wings extravagant. I always call <laughs> wings extravagant, especially at Fire on the Mountain. I know there's other great food in Portland, but. There, is, there will be a time where the belligerent bees can convene in Portland this summer, probably late this summer, and we will for sure be going to Fire on the Mountain probably more than once. Uh, I, it's been a while since I've been in Portland, so I want to check out some new stuff too. But, you know, the kid needs his wings, and Fire on the Mountain does it better than than anyone. Um, should we wrap up this truly ridiculous <laughs> episode, or do we have any more thoughts? Go Beaver Baseball. Uh, congratulations once again, Gloria Monda, on your induction into Belligerent beaver hall of fame also congratulations on you know the highest individual honor in college soccer but mostly yeah. getting into our podcast hall of fame that's the bigger so good deal job. here uh good luck to uh you know carson and and spencer and happy memorial day everyone and join us in west lafayette 96 days from now i know i know where our airbnb is close to a brewery called lafayette brewing company so whether live show or not <laughs> penny and i will probably be drinking there i'll probably have a new uh, coffee so hope, <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Thank you, Beaver fam. We'll see you next Chop time. Em. Chop them.
Terry. Drop him. <laughs> <laughs>